0: But for the ear. Every week I write like a 15-page auditory message to creatively communicate scriptural truth for life change. What do you like to make? As human beings, we are all makers. We're all made in the image of a maker God. We're all created in the image of a creator God. So we are all sub-creators ourselves. And in some way, we are all made to be makers. Now I'm not saying we're all masters. We can't all be masters of the creative arts, but we are all in some way makers. What do you like to make? I also like to make a mess. My kids were running around the house yesterday cleaning up the place so that it was presentable for Heather Joy this evening. What do you like to make? Here's another question. What kind of art do you really appreciate? What kind of artwork do you enjoy receiving, taking in, watching, or listening to? Do you like to go to a museum and see a Van Gogh or a Jackson Pollock or an Andy Warhol or Claude Monet? We did that last summer with Isaac. We went up to MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. Do you like to go to Bud Garvey's and see a classic car restored? Do you like to go to a poetry slam? Or an improv act, or a band concert, or a play, or a film. Did you go to the art festival in State College or the the one at Wave Fruit Farm? What kind of artwork do you really get into? It doesn't have to be just one thing. There are all kinds of art in this world to appreciate. Humans can make some pretty amazing stuff. Amen? It's because God has put it into us to be creative, because God himself is amazingly creative. It's the first way we know him. He's our creator. And today's passage of Holy Scripture tells us how, ama- how his amazing grace has made us into his amazing artwork. Let me say that again. This passage of Holy Scripture tells us how his amazing grace has made us into his amazing artwork. Because this passage is not about the artwork that we create, as amazing or (laughs) non-amazing as it might be, but the amazing artwork that God has made out of you and me. Here is the astonishing claim the Apostle Paul makes in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's workmanship. We, you and I, who belong to Jesus Christ, are God's own workmanship. Today, I have just two simple points of application for us to consider from this passage as we kick off Family Bible Week, and here's the first one. Number one, wonder at being His workmanship. That's it. If you're taking notes, it's number one. Wonder at being, at simply just being God's workmanship. The main thing I want to do this morning is just kind of soak in that idea that you and I are the workmanship of God to wonder and marvel. At that idea, now the word, trans, the Greek word translated workmanship, in verse 10 is poiema. Poema. Go ahead and say that to your neighbor. Poema. That's the English letters. It's like the English letters P O I A M A. Poema. Okay. Now, can you guess what English word comes down to us from that? P O E M. Poem, yeah. Isn't that beautiful? We are God's poem. But the word here means more than a poem, more than just making and shift, more than just being a wordsmith. It means making things in general. It means handiwork or skillful work. One translation has creative project. We are God's creative project. We are, it means a work of art. You and I are God's artwork, and that's the sermon title for today. We are His artwork. You are a masterpiece in the making. I thought about just the sermon today, just be me going around the room and calling every single person by name and saying, You are His artwork. Is that a little awkward to say? Is it a little awkward to receive? Like, somebody's telling me I'm a masterpiece. I don't know. I don't know if I want to hear that. Well, That's what God is saying to you today. In fact, I want you to try this one. Say this. I am a masterpiece in the making. Go ahead. I am a masterpiece in the making. Every day this week on my social media, I'm going to say that to you. Any of you are Facebook friends, I'm going to say that to you every day this week. You are a masterpiece in the making. Look in the mirror first thing tomorrow morning and say to the person you see there, "I am a masterpiece in the making. I am God's artwork." That's breathtaking. Do you believe it? Need to say it some more, then, Rose. Tell yourself till you do, because God's saying it. Is this how you see your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? The other people in this room, people out in their cars, people out under the dining tent this morning. Because this is a corporate thing, too. Paul says, We are his workmanship, not just you, not just I. We are his workmanship. All of us, each of us, all of us together, we are God's artwork. I know it doesn't always feel like it. My guess is that if unfinished, inanimate artwork had feelings, it would often not feel like artwork yet either. But it certainly is. You go back to the craft room right now, and you look at all the stuff there that's kind of still work in progress, and you go, whew, it probably doesn't look like artwork yet. But when it's done, it will feel like artwork. And it is artwork because the artist is working on it. We are God's poema. And that means, friends, that means that we have value. Last month in World Magazine, I read a story about a woman who was shopping at a Goodwill thrift store in Austin, Texas. And she bought some uh, stone statue, a marble bust for uh, just a guy's head for $35 and took it home. Now, she was an art collector, and she thought it might be worth something. And in fact, she was able to prove that it was a Roman original from the first century. Made about the time that Paul was writing Ephesians, 2,000 years ago. Eventually, she got it put on display at the San Antonio Museum of Art. I wonder if she got her $35 back, because I'm sure she didn't get paid what it was worth. It didn't belong to her. She's now restored it to its original owners, or the, the rightful owners in Germany. I'm sure it's worth thousands and thousands of dollars. But Goodwill had a sticker on it for 35 You know, it's easy for you and me to think that we're worth some thrift store sticker price. But whose artwork are we? God's. What name do you have signed to the to the corner of you? To the corner of your life. Like like you know how an artist signs their work. You go back to the display. A bunch of the kids that have turned in artwork, they put their name in the in the little right-hand corner. Whose name is on the corner of your life? The Lord's. And his son Jesus Christ. We are his workmanship. You are worth so much more than $35. You're a priceless work of art because of who made you. Paul says, verse 10, that this this workmanship is created in Christ Jesus. You see that? Now, that could be referring to the original creation, being a creation of God in the first place, which we all are. We are creatures. We are made. We didn't make ourselves. We didn't create ourselves. And every human on the planet is creatively unique. Everyone has their own DNA. This week I learned about a book and has like the ISBN, right? Like the International Standard Book Number. And I looked it up and there were two books with the same ISBN. I'm like, that's no good. Two books with the same ISBN. There's nobody that has the same DNA, Right? And God's like making up new ones every time. We are created, amazingly, with our own beauty, our own dignity, including those who are yet unborn. Every one of us is an original piece of God's artwork. And the Bible says that Jesus was involved in all that initial creation. The Apostle John tells us that through Jesus all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Paul tells us elsewhere that all things were created by Jesus and for Jesus, Colossians chapter 1. But I don't think that's what Paul is talking about here. Might be in the background, but I think there's another creation he's talking about. Because it's not what he's been talking about in this part of Ephesians. There's a different creation being talked about here. It's a new creation, it's a recreation. It's God bringing about something new in our lives. In other words, it's our salvation. Did you notice that our verse begins with this little word for, F-O-R? For we are his workmanship? There's a logic going on here. Verse 10 is a powerful conclusion of a train of thought that Paul has been chugging along since verse 1. Let's go back up to verse 1 and see what he says there. Chapter 2, verse 1. He's actually going to tell you the wonderful story of your life. Ready to hear? This is your life. Ephesians 2.1 If you belong to Jesus, here's your story. Marvel at this. Ephesians 2.1 As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Stop there for just a second. Whew. That's a dark story, isn't it? It starts with death. And the death is yours and mine. Paul says that we were dead, not physically, but spiritually, dead in our transgressions and sins. And that's bad news because that means that you and I cannot fix our problem for ourselves. If you're dead, you can't do anything about it. We were dead, and in our dead life, he literally says we walked in this way, we were following Satan. And we were by nature objects of God's justice, of His wrath. That's really bad news. And if the story stopped there in verse 3, we would all be in deep trouble. But this story has a hero. And it's not us. Look at verse 4. But, you can just hear the music swell in the movie, right? But, because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. Cody picked that song this morning. You're rich in love. And you're rich in mercy, right? Made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Now stop there for a second. The hero of this story is God. And He's done something that nobody else could do. He's raised us up from the dead. Spiritually. He's made us alive with Christ, someone whom he had raised physically from the dead. And he's he's put he's put us spiritually up in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Did you see that? If I asked you, where are you right now? One correct answer would be, say, on the campus of Lance Evangelical Free Church. But another answer that's maybe deeper and truer is that you are seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Wow, why? Why did he do that? To show off? Look at verse seven again. Why? In order that, in the coming ages, in the future, he might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. We are artwork for Him to display in His heavenly art gallery. (laughs) You know that whenever you make something, you want to show somebody, right? Right? Yeah? Especially the the more proud you are of it, right? The The more you're happy with it, the more you want to show somebody else. You take it, you put it on the fridge, right? Kids' artwork on the fridge. Or you take it to the fair. Fair's coming up. Taking your artwork to the fair buildings. Or you you toss it up on Instagram or TikTok. The more proud you you are of it, the more you want to show it off. Please, by the way, bring your artwork. Give it to Mary Beth. Put it on that table there at the entrance art gallery. You and I are the artwork in display in God's gallery. He's saying, look what I've done. Look what I am doing. Look what this is going to be. Look at my workmanship. Look at my grace. Look at my poema. Because make no doubt about it, it was work. To make artwork takes work, right? All you makers out there, is being creative easy? We think creative people, oh, it's easy for them. No, it's work. Right? It's, it's joyful work, especially when it's working. But it's something you have to get your hands dirty and do. I'm sure it gets easier, at least in some ways. I, I've been making sermons now for going on three decades. It's hard work. I don't wonder now, most weeks, if I'll actually have a sermon for you. There are some weeks when I do wonder. Every once in a while, it just, does, it just doesn't want to come. I'll say to Heather, it won't come out of my fingers. Like, it's up here, but it won't come out of my fingers. Some week I thought I might have to get up here and say, sorry, I don't have a sermon for you this week. We had supply chain issues. (laughs) And I was the missing link in the chain. But most of the time, to make artwork takes hard work. And the one who does the hard work gets the credit. God wants to get all the credit for you and me. So we get verses 8 and 9 to explain who really did the work. Look at that. Look at verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. We're not the artists of our lives. It is the gift of God, not by works, meaning our works, so that no one can boast. I hope you have those two verses memorized. Every Christian should memorize Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, and you should memorize 10 on top of that so you got the whole picture Do you see how important it is to God that God gets the glory? How are we saved? Are we saved by our good works? No. We're not saved by being good people, which is good because we're not. We're not saved by going to church, which is good because we can never go to church enough to pay for our sins. We're not saved by doing good works at all, which is good because we can never do enough good works to right the scales. We are saved by grace alone. We are saved by a gift. Now, it's through faith we do receive this gift. We put our faith in and trust in it, but even that is not from us. Even our faith is a gift from God so that we cannot boast, and God can. Isn't that amazing? It's called amazing grace for a reason, and we should marvel at it. We are not saved by our works. We are not saved by our works. We are not saved by our works, but by Jesus' work on the cross. Not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I think that's what he's talking about. See now what this creation is? It's the creation of spiritual life where there was only spiritual death. It's the creation of light where there was only darkness. It's the creation of salvation where there was only condemnation. It's the creation of beauty where there was only ashes. No wonder Paul says that we are a masterpiece. He looks at us, he sees what Christ has done, and he says, "Poema." And he signs his name in the corner of our lives. Created in Christ Jesus. I want you to feel that. I want you to see yourself in that. He's not talking about how pretty we are. He's talking about the beauty of what He has done and is doing and will do in our salvation and our lives. We are His artwork. Find your joy in that and nothing can knock you down. See yourself that way and shame will not have the last word. Right now, shame is just banging around in a lot of your brains. And the answer to shame is to say who God has said you are. You're poiema you are a masterpiece in the making from the greatest master there ever was. Walk through life knowing that you are part of God's masterpiece and you will hold your head up high. Now, you won't get a big head. Some of you are afraid. If you look in the mirror every day and you say, I'm a masterpiece in the making, you're going to get a big head. You're going to get all proud. But just quote these verses to yourself. You cannot boast in your salvation. The only thing that you and I brought to our salvation was our sin, just our sinful need of saving, but no matter, we're God's workmanship, so wonder at that, unless of course you are not yet part of his poema. It is by grace gift you've been saved through faith. Have you received this gift of salvation by faith? Jesus Christ did all the work. He went to the cross to pay for our transgressions and sins and came back to life to raise us to life and to raise us up to Him in the heavenly realms. Have you received that gift? I hope so. If not, don't wait any longer. Now, does the fact that we are saved, not saved by works, mean that we do not have to do any works? That there are no works for us to do? No. I'm glad that verse 10 follows right on the heels of verses 8 and 9 because it's really clear here that we are not saved by good works, but we're saved for good works. You see the difference? We're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. In fact, it's part of the whole point. Look at verse 10 again. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Your works will never save you. But because you're saved, you're supposed to do good works. And God has got them ready for you to walk in them. That's point number two in the last one. Walk in the works he prepared for you. Walk in the works God has prepared for you. Wonder at simply being his creative workmanship and walk in the works that he has prepared for you to do. The Greek here can literally be translated to walk in these works. It's the same word from verse 2 where the NIV has lived, where we did that dead walking. We used to walk in the ways of the dead world, but now we walk in the works of the new life. And God has got it all planned out for us. We just have to step out and follow Him. You know that Mary Beth and Cindy Green have been working for weeks to get the crafts ready for the kids each night this week. There's a whole room of the art supplies that are prepped, and ready to go back this way the ladies classroom is full of those now who's going to do the crafts this week kids are going to do the crafts right but Mary Beth and Cindy have prepared them ahead of time for the kids to do there's a lot of work that goes into that too and in the same way God has prepared a bunch of good work for you and me to walk out now those good works could take a lot of forms it could be serving at Family Bible Week, and many of you will be doing that. There were 16 people at our teacher's meeting this morning. Just the teaching staff is 16 people, okay? And that doesn't count all of the people doing all the food stuff, and the setup, and the takedown, and the cleanup, and all that, all that stuff. Or it could be doing your work at your work as worship of Jesus. Many of you are doing that week in and week out. Those are the good works He's prepared in advance for you to do. It might be giving to that Family Bible Week missions project. That that would be a good work. Wouldn't it be great if we could send at least seven sewing machines? That's $1,400. And at least seven sewing kits to the refugees in Malawi. I think God has prepared that good work for us to walk in. There are three words, Dave said them to you this morning, that you're going to hear a lot this week at Family Bible Week. Created, designed, empowered. I've talked a lot about created today. We're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about tomorrow night some more. We're going to talk a lot about designed this week because he's made these good works for us to walk in, and he's given us the power to do it, empowered. It's really just working at our salvation on a daily basis, living as the artwork that we truly are because we're not just stale and lifeless artifacts. We're not just statues. We're not just a bronze bust of a Roman guy from 2,000 years ago. We're not confined to marble or paper or even film. We are living artwork made in the image of a maker God, saved by His amazing grace to live for the glory of our Creator and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen?